something that isn't racist about this one. I know. I hate this so... Like, Hergé should have gone to jail. That's my intro, actually. Do you want to know something bad? Something uh-huh. really bad? The musical? It was worse. Oh. I, I thought so. Oh, God. I mean, we could have yeah, guessed that, that it. That doesn't surprise me at all. I'm it assuming was there was a lot of people doing brown face. Oh, they added extra. Oh, no. I can't wait to hear about it. All right, Janusz, bring us in so we can talk about it. Hello, and welcome to 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, the number one Tintin podcast for people living behind the waterfall. I'm Janusz. I'm Sarah, and I hate this. This is the worst <laughs> one, and Hergé should have been sent to Nazi crimes jail so that he couldn't write this, and then everything the would have been one. better. But I do wish there was less racism in it. Uh, we to to alleviate us from our suffering slightly, although probably not for long. Um, <laughs> we are joined by a very special guest this week. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, hi, I'm Elvid. Do I have to say more than that? No, that's fine. Oh, we keep no, you're getting good. you're you're a first time Tintin person, right? Or I'm, am I? I am. It would be weird if I was a first time Tintin person. Considering yeah. I grew up with it, I very much read this as a child, and I think I, I grew up great despite what yeah, I read. I, I was gonna say, if you were a first-time Tintin person, I would feel really bad for making both like both the first time as we've had so far read like some of the more rancid stuff in these books. <laughs> yeah. I already knew. I I already knew what happened in this one. I, I know all of them. I am aware. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah, oh. I, I think I, yeah. I, I, I brought you on as a Belgium correspondent of the show. <laughs> I am very much of the same country as Hergé. In my defense, <laughs> I'm not of the same language. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, yeah, so that saves fine, me a little. <laughs> there's not, there's not any Hergé stuff for this one. Also, thankfully. Um, I, I I looked a little bit into the history of of this book, but all of it was just detailing the history of the last book, because they were like written back to back. So, mm-hmm. like the Wikipedia section on this one, uh, is just like four paragraphs on the seven crystal balls and the like, you know, Nazi controversy situation <laughs> that we discussed in detail in the last episode, mm-hmm. and then one paragraph on, or like not even one paragraph, just like two sentences on, and uh, f- following the seven crystal balls, he concluded uh, the story with prisoners of the sun, also in the Tintin magazine, and it was a success. So that's wow, amazing. Um, I do think so. Are you? watched a musical for us I as did, well. because you asked me to read this one and I was like mm, the title is so familiar to me, why is that? Um, and it's because uh-huh. there's there's a Flemish musical that got remade like three times because people loved it so much um, uh-huh. and if you think the book is bad where he drew people like that Imagine if, if someone dresses up and then they say, hmm, we should, we should put some extra in there. We should have some more racist things. Are you saying, are you saying people who make musical theater don't have like the best judgment? In, uh... 
I'm saying if it if it wasn't for the racism, the singing would have been the worst part of it. <laughs> god. Oh my god. <laughs> Great. So is the Flemish musical also just called Prisoners of the Sun? Um, no, and the book is also not called Prisoners of the Sun. It's called The Temple of the Sun. Mm. Oh. Mm-hmm. But 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 same same title as the musical is the book. Yeah. 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 Okay. Temple of the uh-huh. Sun is not the when you said it's called something different, I was like bracing for the worst. No. <laughs> You're gonna say a slur. No. <laughs> if it was a slur, I would have just refused to acknowledge it. <laughs> yeah. Um Hey, listeners, I don't know if you've been clued into this, but the the book is fucking racist and bad. Um, l- l- remember last week yeah. when we were like, oh, it might be fine. It might be fine. It's, it, it, it's not fine. It's so much worse than even I was it's expecting. It's slightly worse than I expected, than, than I feared. Uh there's there's quite there's quite a lot there there's like a mid section where they're like mostly alone in nature and that bit is pretty good uh but every time they have to interact with um people of uh of a different skin color than they are it's pretty bad yeah it's just like the the entire premise of the book even like the individual interactions with like the Quechua guys that they talk to it's just the fact that the whole premise of the book is a uh, silly, superstitious Indian person yeah. defeated by white logic. Like, that is the entire <laughs> premise of the book, like, that goes through it from start to finish and, like, is just... That is what the book is. It's just about how, like, stupid indigenous people are. Yeah. Yeah, Tanta very much is the smart white boy in this one. Because it's, like, and oh. honestly, like... That's the reason, yeah. I just every time I read it, I remember why my mom doesn't like us <laughs> reading the ten ten books because they make me so bad. I want to slap that boy. I just want to hit him and be like, "What the fuck do you think you're doing?" Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like because like the other like Tintin books have like bits that involve like various indigenous people from. China, America, also South America, but like every other book has been just like kind of bits. Yeah. Whereas this one, it's the entire premise. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. It's that Orientalist trope of uh, of like the. Do you know how I can say it best? But like the uh, the idea that like 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 it's not it's not just racist in the simple way of like you know indigenous people being evil or whatever because then they're not they're not all it's more complicated it's 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 really just based on this on this whole like the superstition stuff but then also they can do actual magic but even that is like done in kind of a they're presented as simple and not aware of like the modern world's and that's yeah, why Tanta yeah. always wins because he is aware of how the modern world works. That's the whole premise yeah. of this book as well. Tanta wins because he knows more. Like... He's more knowledgeable about the world than they are. This is me. Feels like kind of as an outlier, like in 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 the series in that regard. Like I don't think any of the other ones we've read have gone into that so far. Like mm. it's it's really astonishing how much it is that 
And but like the thing is, it doesn't really lean heavily into that until we get to the very end, until we get yeah. to the actual Temple of the Sun where everyone is in like has sort of because up until oh. that point, like all the like Quechua guys that we see are in like very authentic like um Quechua style like dress and like with the the colored like ponchos with the the stripes and the weaving yeah. thing that I can't remember the name of um and like all the it's kind of like that thing where like it the situation they're in the place they're in is seems to be fairly thoroughly researched and like accurately drawn but then because at the end of the book it just pulls all these people that we've seen into like ah oh, they're all just like superstitious and they're afraid of the incas or they are the incas and they're doing the superstition and they they do it's mysterious inca magics yeah it just drags it down so much more because it starts off in this place where it like you might think, as I might think, because I started reading this and I was very hopeful. I was like, oh, so like we can see that like all the, the Quechua people are who has taken calculus, like, do they have some kind of agenda or do they have some kind of like political thing that they want? Because like I don't know. I was hopeful. I remembered because I haven't read Tintin in America, but I remember reading me like, oh, in Tintin America, Hergé was sympathetic to the plight of the American Indian who's yeah, suffering what's and blah blah blah. Like, I was like, oh, is Hergé going to do a thing where it's like the Quechua people are a political faction who, like, want something and that they would be presented on, like, equal par to, like, I don't know, the police in Peru? No, 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 they're just silly Indians. Yeah. Yeah, I think the part that I hate the most isn't even just the, isn't even the science thing, which is, we'll get to that, uh, but my, uh, the bit that, that made me the most mad was, uh, was when I guess it's like right at the end of the story so I don't know we're we're, we're really jumping around here before even do, doing the summer yeah we could like, like start our actual recap I've like I can go fairly quickly because I hated this book so I wrote as little <laughs> as possible sure <laughs> okay um so the first page opens with how to have arrived in Peru in Calau Calau I don't know how to say Spanish stuff. I don't know how to say Portuguese stuff. I'm sorry. I think it's um, Cajal. And I, hmm? I think it's Cajal. Cajal. Or, uh, oh Cajal. No, Cajal. Yeah. Cajal. Yeah. So they're in Cajal and uh, they're talking to the chief of police. They're like, hey, we're looking for our friend Professor Calculus. And like this chief of police clearly doesn't give a shit. They see a quote, an Indian running away after spying on them. Um... This nothing really comes of this, and then they kind of go outside and looking for places. Um, the first okay, the first good thing that happens in this book is that the Haddock Lama Vendetta is established. Yeah, um, this is good, and we like it. This is just um, classic stuff, <laughs> just classic <laughs> stuff. Um, but they eventually, um, find There's a little the- bit with the Thompsons and the Guano that is quite funny. Yeah, so they find the boat. That they came here to intercept, which is the Pashakamak, but oh, oh this is very relatable for us in 2021. <laughs> oh, uh, <yeah>. the boat <laughs> the boat has gone into quarantine because there are two cases of yellow fever on board, which I do think is a little unrealistic given what I know about global pandemics these days. <laughs> Don't we all know that situation when a boat is on quarantine? Uh, okay, this- yeah, the- <laughs> The most fantastical thing here is that they're adhering to quarantine. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Except Tenta. 
except Hunter, who does break quarantine. Um, <laughs> it's always one. But he has a good reason because. Because. Because the doctor isn't in the end. Like that's oh, his. Wait, oh, yeah, god. that's his only lead. Oh my god! The, uh, this is where it started sinking in for me. Like this, this was the precise, precise moment where I was like, "Uh oh." It's not even like We're he's from a specific one. tribe. No, he's just an Indian, and we've established yeah, that we can't trust them. Apparently, like I, because like I guess what he's trying to do, right? Like the 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 thing he's trying to do is like we've seen before that it's the that like this this is why we came here because we had that lead that it was the guy who was helping with um, General Alcazar stage show. Uh, but just by the lead of, quote, an Indian, like, that doesn't seem enough. Like, it can't just be any of them. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, like, and again, like, <sighs> me reading this with, like, my brain, I'm like, well, that's great. Like, a casual guy is a doctor. That's not no. good for him. Who cares? Like, how is this relevant? Like... But obviously, Hergé is intending this to be like, oh, a big clue. This doctor is of this particular group of people. And that's... I mean, it's specifically, it's specifically that he's Chiquito, right? Like, that's what it's supposed what? to be. Chiquito, the guy. The name of him. Oh, the guy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't think that's how you pronounce Quechua. No. <laughs> no, that's his name. Like, the guy who was helping... Uh, I forgot Akaza. his name was Chiquito. Fuck. <laughs> but yeah, like um Tintin like sneaks on board the boat, like gets into some trouble, like he ends up finding Professor Calculus, who is like asleep and can't be woken up, and then this guy, uh, uh Chiquito, like comes in and catches him and, and Chiquito tells Tintin that oh, because Professor Guthrie Calculus Put on the sacred bracelet of uh, Raskar Kapak. He now must die, and he has committed a sin, and is going mm-hmm. to be put to death. He did do that in the last book. He did do that, and he said it looked great. And yeah, it's like okay. Um. So yeah, there's that. And Tintin escapes from the boat and goes back to Haddock, and like they split up, and Haddock goes to get the police. This, this is actually quite a funny sequence of Haddock trying to get the police. Almost very realistic in a way. <laughs> yeah, because he calls the like chief of police in uh, Callao, and they're like, "No, it's four AM. We're not coming to help you." I mean, that's what that's what makes this book like kind of difficult for me is that a lot of the individual sequences are good, too very good, but all the time I have it in the back of my mind what the reason is for everything that's happening, and it doesn't let me enjoy the like funny sequences of like in this case yeah the headache shouting at the police yeah like because there's another sequence that he can't get through the police that he calls the thompson twins yeah and like they're both in like they're like twin beds and beside each other and they're like are you gonna answer it and the other one's like no i can't i'm asleep <laughs> and the other one's like but you just spoke to me you're not asleep like they just have this little argument before like going to get the phone and when they pick up the phone and find out Tintin's in danger of course they're like immediately they they leap to the rescue they're like gotta save our friend Tintin and it's lovely but (laughs) yeah you love to see them yeah Haddock doesn't (laughs) 
So yeah, um, they Thompson twins go back to find Tintin. Tintin is gone. Oh no! And they sort of I know walk around for a bit looking for him. They event Haddock eventually comes across this like little Quechua boy who turns out to just be Tintin in disguise. Great. Um, great stuff from Hergé again. <laughs> and Tintin tells them that uh, Calculus was taken off the boat and like walked onto a train, but he like didn't have enough money to get on the train to follow them, so he's just like here. Um, and th- so yeah, they they get the next train, which like the train only runs a few days, so they get the next one. Uh, and some guys who are very visibly Quechua guys because they're in like the ponchos and the hats and they're brown. Uh, what could this mean? They mm. like plot to disconnect the characters There's they're in from the rest. There's this great plot clue where Chiquito is like, it is his order and his is underline, and you know what happens to those who disobey him. Great stuff. I can't wait to see how this pays off. Yeah, <laughs> you, you love it. You love it. Um, there is actually a bit where Tintin talks about the railway that they're like, oh, this is the highest railway in the world, which I do believe is true, and Probably. I think I might have been on this railway. Okay, because I, I have not. I have been to like Peru, and we did the obligatory Peru thing of going to see Machu Picchu, mm-hmm. and you get a train to Cusco, and I think that's that train. I don't know. Possible, very, I wasn't there. I believe you. It's a nice railway. I'll also just <laughs> take you on your word for it. I could have, I could have looked this up, but I didn't. Didn't they? Um, wasn't it like in Northern Ireland where there were like <laughs> these like uh, plaquettes everywhere that said, uh, "This is where Tintin went on the train." <laughs> Peru has been Game of Thronesified by Tintin. I don't think Peru wants to acknowledge this, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. I mean, who in Game of Th- who in Northern Ireland wants to acknowledge Game of Thrones? Really? Yeah. But, fair um, enough. Fair enough. We're getting like, money from it. Tintin might be very racist, but uh, but on, on the other hand, Game of Thrones was a bad adaptation of the books, and people were annoying about it. So who can tell which one is worse? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Also, the oh, no. you know the Quechua people are not getting money from the estate of Hergé to do this. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, there's like an action sequence when the carriage is disconnected. Um, it's really good stuff in here. Oh yeah, like it's a good goes action back for scene. Uh, I yeah. wish it weren't because of the evil Quechua conspiracy disconnecting the train. There is one very cursed panel of like Tintin like falls in a river and gets wet and like his hair flops down and I'm um, wet mm. Tintin cursed. Not a fan. I don't know what dry this boy out. What it's like in English, but in Dutch I don't know what Tintin means. But in Dutch his name is Kuifje, which is very much the word for when your hair stands up like that. Oh my god, that fucking rules. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. It's not a normal name, in, in case you were wondering. Yeah, yeah. I in, mean, Tintin isn't exactly a normal name either. In German, he's just called Tim. Just one Tim? No, Tim. T-I-M. Oh, one Tim. Just you Timothy. get one. one just Tim. a regular name. Just a normal boy with a normal name and a normal haircut. That's kind of sad. <laughs> not going to lie, Anush. I know. I don't like it. I don't like it either. Um, 
you usually refer to the comic as Timon Stroppi because like if you mention the name of his dog mm. together then it's like it stands out more because Tim is really just a normal name uh, I mean this is obviously like a if if you like at this point when Ajay writes a train action sequence it's obviously gonna be like very well done because he's done this enough that he knows how to do it well yeah yeah and also there's the only people in the sequence are like Haddock, Tintin and Snowy so there's less chances for racism yeah I mean these are the best parts of the I said this like five minutes ago the best parts of the book when it's just like them against nature or them against the train in yeah. this case yeah um, but yeah, after at the end of the train sequence, action sequence, they eventually get to uh, Jaguar, where there's like they talk to the chief of police, who's clearly seen calculus, but like he lies to them. I think this might be Hauga. I'm not sure. Oh, it it's is Hauga. It's spelled J A U G A. I I spelt it J A G U A. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they go around and like they talk to the locals and. This this is this this sets up um, Haddock's only like Spanish phrase that he knows, which is no sé, because no um, they keep he keeps like asking locals and everyone's just like no sé, no sé, um, no sé, no sé. And this is this leads to the hilarious panel where Haddock takes it out on a beggar who totally deserved it. Yeah, so funny. <laughs> yeah, ha- honestly, I Haddock fucking sucks in this book. Yeah. Like, even the parts where it's just him against nature, it's just him, like, fighting a crocodile because, like, he's mad at everything. Yeah, he kind of regret for, for, for this for this bit, he kind of regressed to, like, early head. I mean, not quite. He's just mad he, most of the yeah, time. Yeah, he's just, like, yelling at people. Yeah. Um, the next part in town is that uh, Tintin, uh, like from fucking Blue Lotus and probably some other books, uh, he sees like a little indigenous kid getting bullied by some colonizers and like saves him from them. And another like another like Quechua guy is watching and is like, ah, this is one of the good white people. I am yeah. going to give him a special little token. This is less good than when the same thing happened in the Blue Lotus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think mainly because like Zhang was an extra character, uh, yeah. Whereas this boy, so Ryu is just like a little plot device. Yeah, this He's is just... just like a precious boy for for Tintin and Haddock to protect. How many times does this boy get saved? Yeah, it's the... yeah, at least three, maybe four. Um, the other thing that happens after he saves this little kid, Zorino, Zorino. Um, is the the kid like tells Tintin he's like they're like oh hey Tintin like meet me at such and such a place like I'm gonna take you to this place like bring some guns let's go um, and that's kind of when their further journey starts like and we have like a so basically Zuryu knows where Calculus has been taken which is to the Temple of the Sun and he's gonna take them there and there is like a 23 page travel sequence full of escapades and random encounters. Yep. Yep. Um, oh, I also gotta... Before they before they embark, I do gotta shout out the part where Haddock, like, slaps a llama. <laughs> That's pretty funny. This is the second? Yeah, because the, like, the llama wants to eat his beard. <laughs> Valid. <laughs> but yeah, like, um, so uh, lo- lots of stuff happens on their little travel adventures. Um, it looks pretty nice. Um, you know... The nature backgrounds mostly, like, look really good. Yeah, I think Hergé does, like, 
it feels like he's doing as many different backgrounds as he can because yeah. he's like, ah, hills, snowy mountains, forest, underground, river. Like, he's just trying to vary it up with the backgrounds. Yeah. We gotta feel like this is a very long distance. Yeah, which it does. I'm, I do find this part of the book kind of boring. I'm not gonna lie on it. Like, I know there's a lot of fun encounters and escapades, yeah. but like, none of them matter in any way, really. This yeah. is like the like little, it's just stuff happening. This is the little comics that you could get in a newspaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like they could be taken completely out of context of this story, really. And maybe like it would be better the, done so. I like the part where they're in the snow the best. I, I like the part where uh, Tintin gets carried off by a condor because he's just a little guy. Oh yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I mean, those sequences back to back, like, because it's like first of them is like, uh, I guess there's a bunch of things happening. First is like Haddock being tied up and kidnapped by some Quechua, uh, which is kind of bad, but not as bad as the stuff that's gonna happen later. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but um, like that I don't love. And then the condor thing happens, which is pretty cool. Uh, first, first this bird like takes away Snowy and then Tintin goes to rescue Snowy, but Snowy actually loves it because there's lots of bones in the nest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the panel of him just in the condor nest, like with a bone. And he's like, oh, these birds certainly know how to treat a guest. Yep. Good stuff. Thank you, Snowy. I don't know why the why the bones are there, but sure. Whatever else the condors killed. I don't. I'm not an expert on condor biology, so I just take uh, Ajay's word on this. I'm pretty sure they eat little guys. In the Probably. musical, you're supposed to believe Snowy's dead at this point, and it, it's what? said with the least feeling I've ever heard any actor. <laughs> No, his no. name is Bobby in Dutch, so it's Bobby. No, nooit meer terug. That that's no feeling, my man. I feel nothing. Oh, it's really bad. Uh, Haddock like causes an avalanche by sneezing really loudly. <laughs> that's very relatable. Um, and then he like gets frozen to death, but then Tintin opens a flask of whiskey like within three feet of him which makes him come back to life so he yep. can down the whiskey this is, i like this i like this avalanche i like how it looks it's uh there's like this panel where it's like coming down and like tintin and uh Hedrick and sorino are all are like very small and the snow mm. is very big i like that yeah yeah good stuff i'm just i'm just looking at it here yeah um there's a like a funny bear incident that we love to see it is, yeah. Yeah, there's also the bit before where, like, Haddock drinks the whiskey and then he becomes funny drunk Haddock again. Ah, uh, yes. The return of funny drunk Haddock. Yeah, there's also, there's, like, a line, because Haddock is funny drunk Haddock and he's, like, running about the place. I'm, I'm, like, chasing the Quechua guys. And, like, you know, he turns into a snowball, nearly dies several times. And Tintin says the line, Oh, d- you know, the captain's guardian angel must have a full-time job. Which really kind of highlights just, like, how many times over the last several books Haddock should probably have died. You know, this is true, but I, as someone who has read the previous books in this comic, I remember when, like, this was what happened to Tintin all the time. Like, when 
Mm. For a while, like the main thing, like before, before, before the Haddock introduction, for a while, the main thing was that Tintin was always just incredibly lucky, like in in, in Black Island and uh, yeah, uh, King Otokar. So you know, Tintin, your guardian angel had had his fair share too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and they've lo- they've like lost everything in the avalanche except their munition and. That's when I remembered that Tantan comics have a lot of gunfights in them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's just, yeah. like, normal to me at this point. Like, I've seen I've seen tweet go, like, moderately viral. Like, someone tagged us in it, or at least me, uh, oh. in, in a tweet that was, like, about, damn, Tintin uh, is, I don't know... He like it was just like basically about how weird it is how much he shoots guns. Yeah, which he I also... guess it's just like a popular percep like a, a thing that doesn't get stuck in the popular perception of what the Tintin comics are. But like, if you're reading them, it's really just like completely normal that he has yeah. guns. Like it's just never, <laughs> never comes up. Nobody questions it. Uh, yeah, it's just. Just normal, I guess. There is a bit where he's like, where are my guns? Oh no, they took them. <laughs> that was a little weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, the the other thing that they still have after the avalanche is a newspaper, which they keep in case it comes in handy. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it will come in handy. I wonder if this is mm-hmm. plot relevant somehow. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, the bit with the bear is that like Haddock like finds a cave and like he goes up to investigate the cave and there's like sev- like a uh, uh, a strip of panels where Tintin is trying to tell him something but he's very far away and Haddock can't hear him and it's like the panels are just from Haddock's perspective and then we get one panel of Tintin like close up to Tintin where Tintin is yelling there's a bear behind you and then we cut back to the bear it's very good it's a very funny bear. <laughs> This is a bear on par with the gorilla in Black Island. Yeah, like he's just he's just a he's just a guy. It's a very similar vibe. He's, I don't know. He just looks so dorky when he's like standing up on on his back legs, and then when, and then when Haddock is running away, the bear is just like standing there. And, oh, what's going on? Okay, he just woke up from his nap. Yeah, yeah, the bear just like places a paw on Haddock's shoulder, like, "Hey, guy, how are you doing?" What's going on? You good? <laughs> Why are you yelling? This is the last good door? thing that this is the last good thing that happens in the comic because I don't like the bit where they're in the rainforest. Yeah, just, it's very like they just shoot everything. The, yeah, they're just like white guys in the jungle. They've both got guns. Every time they come across any kind of animal, they just shoot it and kill it to, yeah. to just because it's dangerous, so they need to shoot it and kill it. I guess. Tintin shoots, shoots so many crocodiles. Yeah. Tintin really does. Okay, I do say, the, there is an anteater here which like starts eating ants off of Haddock oh, and this anteater funny, yeah. is, I love, he's just a little guy. <laughs> I love him. He's a quite big little guy. <laughs> Wait, he's it's a, not the, it's, there's the, there's the, uh, there's a tapir? Yeah, the tapir is, the, is, the, is, is my favorite. Just, he looks so angry. As he should, because Haddock is there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they kill a fuck ton of crocodiles and blah blah blah, and then they find the Temple of the Sun behind a waterfall. It's behind a waterfall. It goes like this is another like pretty good action sequence. Uh, yeah. 
or I don't know if, if I can call this action sequence, I guess like a set piece where it's like them uh, throwing a rope over like this, over like this, uh, what's it called? Chasm? Yeah, over this chasm <laughs> next to the, the waterfall. The big dip? Big dip. And like all of them, like fucking Zorino climbs over easy, uh, Heather loses his hat and has a little, oh no. He needs to catch his hat, and Tintin is like, no, it's just a hat. And he's like, no, where am I going to buy a new one? <laughs> but he makes it over, but then Tintin falls down, and oh no, he's, he's dead. Rip Tintin. Very I dead. can't believe he died 40 pages into uh, one of the books in his own series. It's so weird how the rest of the Tintin books are just about Haddock. Like, <laughs> I can't believe how she did this. Bold move. It's just Haddock and Hercules. <laughs> Bold move. Snowy is their dog now. Yeah. Snowy's yeah. also um, dead in this sequence. In the play? But yeah, they, they're both supposed to be dead because they fell into the waterfall together. Oh, right. Yeah. So no Snowy for the rest of the Tintin books either. Yeah, none of them. Like, both of them are really worried for Tintin. Like, uh, had a cancer, you know, but none of them even mentioned Snow, which is very rude. Freaking rude. Um, but yeah, then they hear a voice coming from behind the waterfall, and oh, it's Tintin. He like gets them to throw the rope through the waterfall, and they get into the chamber behind the waterfall. And now this is like a D and D session because yeah. it's they're in the underdark and they're going around the place. Yeah. And oh, but there's phosphorescent moss that I can see by. It's fine. <laughs> the speech yeah. bubbles while Tintin is behind the waterfall are drawn like very bubbly yeah. i guess like to indicate yeah. to indicate the watery sound i guess like I... yeah that's yeah, how that's i imagined good. it that's pretty good um but yeah they keep going with D. there's like a bit where they're crawling through the caves and tinted sees a statue which he thinks is a person and tries to talk to it in several languages this wouldn't happen like i guess i guess maybe the lighting is so bad that you can't tell but like I don't think you would ever confuse like a like a statue or a person with a real person. It can. It oh, can't. I see, Janusz, I, I, that's I where have you've... bad news for you. <laughs> uh, I have spoken uh-huh. to many statues. Oh my god. Yeah, maybe it's a Belgian thing. Maybe. Why do people make lifelike statues? <laughs> <sighs> You see, I, my my bit was gonna be like, you see, this is because um, the the book doesn't consider uh, indigenous people to be real people, oh. so therefore Tintin could mix them up with the statue. I mean, that's um, part of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think part of it is also like, it's is also just like because it's drawn, so like the the real characters also don't look that different from the statue characters. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. they don't look flashy. I guess like there's no. There's no flesh texture on Tintin. <laughs> Thank fuck. So like that the, is the worst the, sentence I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, the don't tell of, me about Tintin flesh texture. <laughs> the lack of fleshiness on a statue isn't like doesn't like stand out, you know. But then we get to like uh, the actual mummies, and those do not look like real people at all. No. Yeah, that's they it's do the look like the cover of the book. Yeah, that's. Mm. That's a choice. Yeah, like when we were looking at this cover last time, we were like, okay, so there's probably gonna be like some racism in it. 
Um, Some, just a little bit. <laughs> might be a little bit of the old Orientalism that... Uh, I'm just going to turn my page. is applying here. Yeah, or whatever the you call Orientalism with its point South America. It's the same. Like, it's it's called, because okay. Said coined the term Orientalism, but... Uh, but it doesn't just refer to the Orient. Oh, so you could just... Like, yeah, okay, yeah, it makes sense. It just refers to... Because it's like the way... Uh, the way, like, white people were, like, othering indigenous people is, like, incredibly similar to the way they were othering, uh, mm. like, the, so, the, the quote-unquote Orientals. Yeah, yeah. I see. Um, the last good thing that happens in the book... Is that Snowy uh, makes a toot noise with a bone? It's pretty funny because <laughs> um, it's a little bone flute, and he to- toots it. Um, and then they fall through a wall into a chamber. Oh no! There's a big, huge panel. There's a huge with panel of racism. <laughs> racism in it. Um, yeah. It's just- like remember in Secret of the Unicorn when Hergé was drawing the big panels of like the boat fights and yeah. they were just like so you know detailed with like people and characters what if it fucking sucked actually and you know yeah. I mean it's it's not even that he's like I don't think he's drawn any of the like Inca guys in any particularly racist way it's no. more the way they're used like you know all their clothing has wonderful detail and like it's probably thoroughly researched given that the like Quechua stuff was pretty thoroughly like accurately drawn yeah it's just the fact that they're having a big and uh, tribal like uh, ceremony and Tintin and Haddock have interrupted it yeah yeah and it's like where does he get the, like cause 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 uh Wikipedia said that you know the inspiration for this plot uh, of of like this two parter was like the some tabloid stories about cursed mummies and that he went back to the same thing in like Cigar of the Pharaoh was also based on the same idea and in this one oh, it's yeah. like you know at at the beginning of uh, Seven Crystal Bars there's like they're like oh it's just like Tutankhamun so it's really just like he he just heard this like story about a different type of uh a- ancient civilization <laughs> that he was yeah. like mm, but what if the inca did that uh and it doesn't seem like like he did research the type of you know headwear and like clothing they have i'm sure because uh, yeah. there's quite a lot of detail in them uh, yeah and you know the type of types of drawings that are there, but he hasn't considered whether this is like something. Because like the idea is that there's all these Quechua who still like come together in this this old temple to like revive the Inca mythology, right? Yeah. And it feels like incredibly like just it just doesn't it just doesn't feel like he put any research into whether they would even have these. Uh, have these attachments to 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 their own mythology or what this mythology would even be? Yeah, because like you know the 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 Hergé attitude to researching a culture and like well, fuck, it doesn't matter if you do that if you just use it to do racism, you know? Yeah. Um, 
So it's just, just kind of, this is where the book really just falls apart. Yeah, it's just the research of the visuals, but not mm-hmm. not considering present day people, like the, uh, the, the present conditions of like what, you know, present day Quechua people would be like, you know? It's yeah. Just, it's just the old, probably in themselves already, like very othering or very orientalist drawings of of these Inca temples of like you know white explorers who drew them in like yeah and it's, it's just like like I haven't done shit fuck research to this book because I don't fucking care about it yeah. enough like I don't want to give it the time of day um but yeah so Tintin and Haddock get taken prisoner by the Inca and they're basically like they're gonna be put to death because they violated the secret temple and Tintin is trying to explain themselves but oh these silly Indians won't see reason to throw them in jail um Tintin in jail Tintin finds the little like token that he got for being a good white person cool. and he's like oh great uh he gives it to like Zerino cause Zerino's with them um and then the Inca, like, find it. And it turns out that the person who gave them that little token was uh, Huascar, who's, like, the high priest of the sun god. And he vouches for Tintin. And, oh, this is going to save them, except it doesn't save them. This bit is so... I don't know. So convoluted. This is so deranged to them be, like, for, like, half a page, they're like, ah, yes, this is this really seems to be a good white boy. But it's too late now. The laws, the yeah. law. I hate it. Like I don't know. He's yeah. trying to. It's it's this thing where he's like. This is what makes it so frustrating. Is that very clearly, Erge tries to set up this this like high priest as like not evil, right? Like he wants to. He wants to make a story where the, the like, quote unquote villains are not really like villains it's just because of their beliefs or because of their uh you know the, he he tries to like give them like a sort of like integrity and motivations and whatever the problem is just that that is like rooted in like very racist beliefs yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. but he tries to make them like it's it's like in 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 like uh the, the, there's like the 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 like terminology in like uh, in like post-colonial studies or like oriental studies about like the so-called like noble savage which is like the yeah. thing that that is kind of leaning into here and is that mm. the is that the high priest is like he tries to portray him as like a very measured person who <coughs> will acknowledge that you know when Tintin uh, did his white savior thing he was like <laughs> He was like a good boy, but still, like, uh, it's really frustrating. It's really, it really doesn't leave a good after. Uh, yeah, because like ultimately, the like prince of the Inca like does it is like okay, fine. Well, I'll allow the little boy Zerino to like survive, but like these these like guys of these white guys have still got to die uh, because of our beliefs. And the, the 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 one leeway that I will grant them is that instead of killing them immediately, they can choose when they're gonna die, like in the next thirty days. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that's 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 what that got them. 
Um, so yeah, they go back to jail and they yeah they've got to tell everyone like when they want to die tomorrow. So they're in jail for the night. Like, what the fuck are we gonna do? Uh, Tintin like sees the newspaper that Haddock still had because like I don't know Haddock's using it to like light his pipe or something because he wants to smoke. <laughs> um, but like he sees the newspaper, uh, rests it on Snowy, like looks at the newspaper, and then he's like, "Oh my god, Eureka! I now I know how we're gonna be saved! Wahoo! Yay!" So, so the next they're day, going he... to die by like the sun coming up and setting them on fire. And Tintin yes. looks at the newspaper, and they have a, a specific like time limit where they can do it, and it's it's centered around the sun, like the sun coming up and the sun setting them on fire. So like, I wonder what he could have thought of here. <laughs> yeah, so he tells them that they want to die uh, in eighteen days' time at precisely eleven o'clock. And Haddock is like, "What the fuck are you doing, Tintin?" Yeah, it's, it's my birthday. Um, <laughs> and Tintin is for the next for the next eighteen days. Tintin is just not gonna explain yeah. his plan to anyone. It's the wild, yeah, especially not Haddock. This man is looking there straight in the face, and Tanja is doing gymnastics, eating fruit and doing gymnastics. I mean, it's like it's like fine. Like I guess I guess because like he he's pretty safe in his plan, but like at the same time. They also still don't know what happened to Calculus. Like I don't, d- d- or God, like you yeah, know, like, we like, like haven't seen him. That's 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 the plot allegedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. There is one good thing about the final sequence of this book, which is that the Thompson twins, uh, having like failed to find Tintin and Haddock, have now taken up dowsing because that's what Professor Calculus <laughs> would do, and like sort of about every page or every page and a half like there's just a little panel of the Thompson twins in the situation that their dowsing has led them to yeah and like every time it like relates to what is happening to Tintin and Haddock but like it's not obviously they haven't found them with the dowsing so like climb up the Eiffel Tower and they're like how peculiar the pendulum definitely indicates that they are somewhere high up yeah and then like two pages later whatever like you know, Captain Haddock is, like, despairing that, like, oh my god, they're gonna die tomorrow. He's like, oh my god, what the fuck is gonna do? And he, like, sits in a chair. He does the Shinji Kari chair pose, and he says, there's nothing to hope for. I never knew everything could be so bleak. And then there's a panel of Thompson and Thompson, like, down a mine, being like, oh, they're very low right now. It's so good in the comics. They they did a different thing in the musical. They said, oh, let's, let's go to the east. Do you want to? Do you want to guess how bad that was portrayed? Oh, oh, oh no! Yeah, so we do that three times. <laughs> so we go to the east, where we get the most racist depiction <laughs> so of Chinese people I've ever seen. Um, it's so funny that they managed to come up to be racist against against a race that doesn't even come up in the book. Yeah. And then they go to the West, and I think they try to look under a Scottish man's sh- skirt. I think that's the joke that was supposed oh, to be funny. Oh, that's pretty funny. And then that's pretty funny because uh, they don't wear any <laughs> Yes, hilarious. And then they go to the North, and we do, of course, see... Um, oh, what's... Is it Inuit? It's Inuit. Yeah. Um, they don't yeah. call it that, of course. But you don't say that on the play. <laughs> I hate God. it. I hate it so much. Jesus 
Christ. I just think like watching a musical version of this would also just suck from like dramatic standpoint because like that. Yeah, because it's boring. It's so boring. Yeah, because like Escher is writing these at this point like two pages at the time, Uh, so there's always a little cliffhanger after two pages. There's not. There's not the thing that happens in musicals where there's like heightened moments of emotion. Where there's, like, someone has, like, an epiphany and then we'll sing about that. The most exciting thing for me... There's not really, like, the the, the pacing of these comics don't really lend themselves to musicals in any way. There was no pacing to the musical. (laughs) The, the, The most exciting thing was that I watched a remake of it, not the original. And in the remake... So Tanta wears um, what is obviously a wig that has not been attached very well. So the exciting <laughs> thing is, does the wig fall off or not? It didn't. This very suspense. disappointing. Iconic. Um, yeah. Wow. So they, they managed to so make yeah, this very wholesome little bit about the Thompson <laughs> twins. No. The worst part of the musical. Oh. That's so wild. Because, yeah, that's probably the best part of this book, is just shit the Thompsons yeah. are doing. Yeah. I mean, um, I guess it's... I guess... I guess it's to Hergé's credit that some people were even more racist than him <laughs> oh than using God. this material. It could be worse. That's all we can say for him, is that he didn't come up with, like, in... In, in in infinite timelines, the infinite versions of this story didn't come up with the most racist version of it. God. Um, <laughs> crisis on infinite tintits. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's the day of the execution. There's like a whole big like Inca ceremony with robes and flutes and panpipes and chanting and drums and all this stuff. And they're tied to some posts that they're going to be b- burned alive by the sun. Uh, also, calculus is here now. Yeah, they're tied to two posts, and there's one between them. And uh, I wonder who could be on that one. It's old Cuthbert. I here guess he is. they weren't like doing an incredibly bad job at finding him at the end, because he accidentally is <laughs> at the same place. But yeah, so at the moment, uh, can, can you guess what's going to happen at the moment that the sun is about to set them alight? Tintin calls out to the sun god, Pashakabak, and he's like, oh, please, if you don't want us to die, hide your face, guess what happens? He did. I don't know, what happens? I can't think of anything that would obscure the sun uh, at a critical moment. Turn around, <laughs> every now and then I fall apart. <laughs> it's a total eclipse of the sun, sun and total eclipse obviously of the sun. all the silly little indigenous people lose their shit because they don't know what an eclipse is. Timeman was really on one when he came up with the phrase total eclipse of the heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a version of that song in the musical Dance of the Vampires which is for some the reason... What? Have you not heard of Dance of the Vampires? I have not heard of Dance of the oh Vampires. Oh my god. Dance of the Vampires great. is a musical that is like full of Jim Steinman songs. Um, so like the guy who wrote the Bonnie Tyler songs and uh, and the songs for Meatloaf. Like this like really... Uh-huh. They're all like really cheesy, dramatic songs. Uh, and he made a musical called Dance of the Vampires, which is 
the most successful musical in Germany alone, like after. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, yeah, I, it does say it was first uh, adapted into German. Yeah, yeah. It's like in, in Germany, it's like super successful, nowhere else. Uh, it, it was probably performed in other places, but. Uh, Ooh, that's the fun part. It's full Broadway show. Let's go. It sounds, <laughs> it sounds very funny. I should. I should it, it's probably very funny to watch, but it has a version of. Uh, of total eclipse of the heart in it but it's about vampires i guess i heard the german version and it's like when it says turn around in the german version it says sei bereit which means like be ready <laughs> <laughs> oh this rules i want to talk about this instead of the book yeah it sounds like a way um, better musical probably yeah. i mean it probably is because like those songs are like while being very cheesy also have the thing you need for a musical song that is like very dramatic <laughs> yeah the, the book ends like so yeah Tintin is like holy now so they set him free uh, they tell him about the seven guys that they like to- tortured them with ancient Inca magics using little dolls and like this cocoa sucks. extract I think this is the this I hate <laughs> this bit because like in the last book it was so creepy when they were like all like having their seizures at the same time and it's it turns out it's just voodoo magic i guess but like not in not where voodoo is generally from but like transferred to like ancient inca stuff i'm not i don't think this is a thing in like inca mythology Uh, yeah i don't don't know Uh, like and i don't think herjan knew either i don't think he looked into this I, yeah. I think he just wrote some words and assumed it would be good enough. And the thing is, it's I mean, it's not just like the racism; it's just a really bad way of resolving the entire plot yeah. of like you know, because seven crystal balls, pretty good plot, pretty engaging mystery, and it's just like solving it like this yeah. is just the most disappointing way. I know it, and it didn't even come up for like the entirety of the of the book so far like the big like unresolved mystery from the last book was like mostly not talked about up until this point but the thing i actually hate like more of it the Mm -hmm. thing that made me the most mad in this book i indicated this at the beginning when i was like okay so basically the the ending so i guess i talk about the ending but like the thing i really hate is when tintin is like so yeah there are seven um, learned men in my country who are being tortured because of you and then the and then this like high priest says well yeah because they i I quote these men came Mm -hmm. here like hyenas violating our tombs and plundering our sacred treasures they deserve the punishment and Tintin is like no they did not come to plunder their sole purpose was to make known to the world your ancient customs and the splendor of your civilization I, I think Tintin I makes what to say about this Tintin makes monthly donations to the British muse- Museum that's all I can <laughs> assume at this point and it's just the fact that the guy is immediately like so be it I think you speak the truth and then just lets them go immediately. The worst, like, just yeah. absolutely... And this Again, wasn't, like... This wasn't Tintin for the past, like, six or seven books. Like, this is, this is like, early book Tintin, I guess, because I, I think in, in Tintin and Congo, he's, like, similar, that he's, like... Yeah, this is I the try not to think about that, that one. Was it the... Yeah, we redacted. don't... We usually don't either, but he comes back here. 
because like we talked about we talked a bunch in even in books like Blue Lotus that it's like it's like kind of it it has like the makings of what could be like a white savior narrative but like because he has like so little agency and he doesn't really like he doesn't really do that much like actual white savior stuff you know and yeah. and in in the books after that he was like he was mostly just like getting randomly involved in plots uh without really having like any strong opinions on things it was just like yeah. the plot happened to him and in this one him to like explain his explain this his philosophy that like taking ancient artifacts is just spreading the knowledge like where did this come from tintin you hadn't you never had an opinion on these issues yeah because it's like before like you know like in well in blue lotus particularly because fucking like chang wrote that basically um or you know had a huge input on to how the chinese people were depicted um Tintin in that book has just like so much empathy for the locals that he's dealing with yeah. and engaging with, and but there's and there's also parts in other books like fuck what was it the book where like the Thompson twins went into a mosque and they got kicked out for wearing shoes, and it's like moments like that that's like oh so like the characters, like it, it seems like Hershey has more like sympathy for like what people in different places around the world are, like, going through. And in, like, it's, like, in this book, like, in Seven Crystal Falls, we started out with that guy on the train who were, like, oh, it, you know, actually, it sucks whenever, like, Europeans go and, like, plunder tombs. Like, how would we feel if other yeah. people came mm-hmm. and plundered our tomb? Like, this, yeah, is, a, that, this is a bad in, thing. In that moment, Tintin didn't have an answer to that, and it took him, like, a book and a half to ponder an epic rebuttal to this. And he says it's good. Like, he just he says, says it's that it's good. This could have been... Here's my punch-up for this. Because, like, the thing that sucks is that Ergie actually does give, in this one moment, gives this Inca priest the, like, talking point that it's bad to plunder it. But then he has to immediately counter it with Tintin saying, no, it's good, actually. What could have been done... It could It would have been such an easy fix. It's not like the whole book wouldn't have been racist since that, uh, otherwise. But this, <laughs> this one thing could have had the easy fix where Tintin is like, yes, you're right, but they still don't deserve to be tortured. Yeah. And that's it. Like, yeah. that didn't have to... It would have worked just as well. He didn't have to come up with, no, it's actually good what they did. They just did it in the name of epic science. Yeah, because it's like everything that the, like, Inca faction i guess in this book does it's like is is entirely like justified in a way and like yeah they are portrayed as like silly superstitious people who are doing this because of their beliefs and the book is like oh well obviously like their beliefs are wrong and they're just stupid like if instead the book had been like okay well these people have been suffered in like these following ways and like this is why that they think that they're justified in doing these actions like you, there could be something there but no that's not what we're reading we're reading a 1940s adventure story with racism in it yeah yep. um, and then so they are the for some, last thing that happens yeah for some reason earlier. he gets they get they get money and we get Yep, that's yeah. <laughs> for some reason we get to see the hidden Inca treasure. I I keep thinking about it and I just can't 
think of a logical reason why this is in there, except Hergé thought, can't have it not be in there. It's like the end of a D&D session and you've passed through the encounter and you've got to get your XP and your treasure. Yeah. Yeah, it's the most useless panel. In this. I mean, I guess because they're so silly and superstitious that they believe that when Tintin, the Tintin made the sun disappear oh. and then made it come back and now they're thankful for that. Like, that's the only reason I can think of. Oh, we'll believe you'll be quiet and we'll give you all this money and you're now an honored yeah. person. I- Mm. Yeah, yeah, right. Because he says, because he says earlier when the sun is like w- during the eclipse, he says, uh, "Make the sun show his light again, and I will grant whatever you desire." So I guess, I guess oh. that's the reason. That's a quite quite a shitty reason, like because it it's like yeah, I guess Tintin tricked them because they're so superstitious, and they also don't know about eclipses, and they also like they don't know how much their gold is worth. I mean, that's yeah. In like another sort of little silly way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I'm not that mad at that because when it turns, it it could because they do say we have a fuck ton of treasure, <laughs> so it's like really doesn't doesn't bother us if you take a little bit. Like, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like the least last... bad part of it. I, God, I do hate that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the the final panel whatever. of the book is uh, Haddock. We, we get back to town, and Haddock takes a big sippy from a fountain of water, and everyone is like, "What the fuck is he doing? He's never drank water in his life." <laughs> and then he goes and spits it at a llama in revenge. And honestly, that's that's really good. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Thank you very much. I love his little walk that he does. <laughs> He's oh, so determined. That, that panel, that panel alone, I can feel. I can feel how determined he is from walking like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what a book. That was the book. Yeah. I want to fucking shred it. <laughs> like. God. Like, I okay, I it's guess like... I wouldn't put it below. You know, obviously I'm, I'm giving it zero out of five. Fuck this. <laughs> You'd be right. Because yeah. Broken Ear, we gave one out of five because it had like one funny thing in it. Like this. Broken Ear just... is worse, though. He doesn't do blackface. Okay, I'm going to give him one out of five for not doing blackface. <laughs> the bare minimum. But mm, they, they do kind of do it in the musical. I mean, what, oh, I, what I watched is a videotape that someone uploaded on oh YouTube. God. So the quality is really bad. Uh-huh. But considering the fact that I know that there are only so many actors in a musical... Mm. <laughs> And I see a lot of white people. Statistically speaking, the Incas have uh, to be played oh, for sure. by the nurses from Act One. I, I don't know what year this was, but like... I, 2007! Very... Oh my fucking god! <laughs> wow. This is from when I was a child. The first oh one god, came out, so I think, funny. in 2001. Which I only know because... The actor was also in a TV series that I watched, and suddenly he was blonde, and that's because he was gay. Yep, Tanta. Um, this, 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 this does not have the excuse of it, it was I mean, 1940. Like just from no, but but like just from knowing how like European theaters work, they yeah. usually don't have a lot of like non-white actors. That is true. 
Uh, and if they do, they're not gonna be like indigenous, you know, like that. I think that has been common practice up until like, I don't know. At our theater, I haven't gone to it, but like at our theater, there was like this discussion with like some like theater, other theater people, and like some uh, guests who were like representative of like different POC organizations on like. I think it was called something like uh, White Othello, Black Romeo, and it was like about like colorblind castings and racist mm. castings in theater. I haven't seen the discussion, but I do wonder if there's like people still defending uh, casting like uh, white actors in roles that should be played by POC. <laughs> Oh yeah, there's a sort of argument of like, oh well, they're the best person for the job, yeah, and oh we 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 just put them in the role when it's just like, no, you're just being racist. Um, yeah, you're you're racist, or if you think only white people are the best people, um, yeah, that's racist. I mean, it's not even just yeah. that, but also just like I mean, it it is race. It is the the core reason is racism, but there's also like aspects of like just like. Theater economics, I guess. Yeah, they don't get a chance. Like, like it's 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 like it's like a much deeper issue than just like whom you cast for this specific role, and it's also just like in general how many how much you make an effort to have non-white actors in your like core theater in like your core actor group, like because it's also it's also it also sucks if if you you like only employ like white actors and like one black actor I guess and then like cast the one black actor in every role that requires to be played yeah. by a black actor. Tokenism or if is you that? get like guest actors for like God. Uh, for like non white roles. I remember I I saw a play like at it was like in two thousand fifteen or sixteen like when I started studying. Uh, and we had to like watch a couple of plays as like part of the university program. One of the plays we watched was like this play that was like a polemic on, or that was like about the, the current refugee crisis of that uh, of those days, and it was like how easy people can become mm. racist. Uh, mm. And it was about how this like couple had. Uh, a, an African refugee move in with them and how they like, you know, all these stereotypes. But the joke of it was that that the that refugee never showed up in the play. Like they were only just talking about him. Uh, what? So it was, there was like factually in a play that was about racism and about like the refugee crisis, there were only white actors in it. Imagine because the, the, missing because the, the point. actual like African refugees didn't get a POV in the play. Imagine missing the point so hard. No, but it's it it gets better because then there was an after discussion <laughs> okay. of the play, uh-huh. and the like dramaturge of 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 the play who led the discussion, you know, it it got to to this issue, and she was like. Well, that was the entire point, right? Right to not cast the actual, uh, the actual refugee. Like it would have ruined the play if he was in it. I was like, okay, but really? now you're just making a, making an argument why not to cast any POC in your play about 
the about racism like that's really you're like clapping on your own backs for you're cranking your own hogs about like <laughs> about how how clever you are for not casting a black actor <laughs> like for not actually playing you know for coming up with a, a good play excuse about racism but not actually paying any like uh person of color like in the real in in the real life but still like stand there to be like yes we are so clever to talk about racism like this <sighs> anyway that's theater that's theater hey, we love theater. it theater <laughs> There was a yeah, because there was a good um, Khadija and Boa um, video on YouTube talking about colorism, and I've just yeah, I've been thinking about um, or sorry about colorblind casting, um, and how it's kind of it was a good start to getting non-white actors to be in things, um, but his now kind of just fucking sucks. Um, <laughs> I know. I'm. I'm just. I'm, I'm so tired. Yeah. Thanks, Sergey. <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess let's look at our rankings. I. Again. I changed my mind. I am determined to put this underneath broken ear what? because broken ear. For even though it had like the most racist yeah. bits, it wasn't completely built on racism. Yeah, that's fair, and I think like it's also. I think it's also just the aspect of, like, by this time, Andrew should have learned. Like, Broken Ear had the excuse that it was one of the very early adventures. Yeah. By this time, you know, he has honed his craft. He has, by this time, he has written some really, really good ones. Um, yeah. You know, there's there's less excuses for him. I guess we can put... It. Do we still want to leave Seven Crystal Boys at sec- second place? Like, or how much does this tarnish our enjoyment of Seven I Crystal wanna Boys? I want to put it... Okay, now I want to put it underneath Blue Lotus. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I can agree it. on that. That's... It's a shame. <laughs> Alvira, do you have any takes? Take it out. Takes? Um, I think we... Did I... Did we do extra things? I thought I said everything. No, no, that's it. I just, I just, if there, if there was something we didn't, put me, we didn't get to. You put me on the spot. All I've got is that the names are different in Dutch, which everybody knows. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Haddock is the same, though. Got to keep that joke. <laughs> the universal constant of Haddock. <laughs> okay, so our current ranking: Secrets of the Unicorn, Blue Lotus, Seven Crystal Balls, Red Rackham, Black Island, Shooting Star with an asterisk. King Autocar Scepter, the Crab with the Golden Claws, Cigars of the Pharaoh, the Broken Ear, and Prisoners of the Sun last. And then Asterisk, the Shooting Star original version. Yeah. I think you guys are really close to getting to like the rocket issues. Yeah. I loved that rocket as a child. Team Thompson <laughs> blasting off again. Or sorry, team. Yeah, I need a I need a good one after this. Please, I need something. This I really hope out it's out good because I have good like, memories of it. I'm gonna be so disappointed. I, I was like yeah. reading this one and thinking, like uh, thinking about how I I I do actually enjoy Tintin. Like I had to remind myself that I like this comic. <laughs> otherwise, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got um, Land of Black Gold next week. Mm. Um, which do we do we still have a guest on? Are we gonna have a guest on for that one? Maybe. Um, maybe we'll see. We'll see. 
we'll see. Because we'll we're also recording this one like in December, so I was gonna ask if we can like not record in the next two weeks. <laughs> yes, I was also gonna ask the same thing. Uh, uh, we'll figure that out. You, off air. See, you should not see any break in your no. uh, RSS feed schedule. Happy New Year! Because we're by fucking the way. geniuses. <laughs> Huh? Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New listeners. Year, listeners. Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy 2022. It might have been New Year by the previous episode already, but... Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's never too late to say it. Happy my personal birthday. Oh, happy birthday. It's on the 13th of January, so you should all be wishing me a happy birthday. Yeah. Sending me lots of money. PayPal.me forward slash Thermic Costumes. Thanks. Um, every... <laughs> Do you have anything to plug? Um, oh, I do. I'm. Oh, please do. Yeah. Um, I have. I am on a podcast um, about Digimon Ghost Game, which is a really cool show. It's our podcast is called Digimon Ghost Gaze, which is yeah. the best name ever. Um, and other than that, you can just find me on Twitter at Eruviru. That's all I've got. Nice. Nice. And you could find me and Janosch in the fucking racism hell pit <laughs> that is Hergé's world at the moment, uh, and also on Twitter.com. Yeah. Um, terrible website. Yeah. Yeah, the other racism hell pit. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> the other racism hell pit of Twitter.com. <laughs> and on one million other podcasts. Yeah. Um, but until then, we will meet you there, and I'll take the road and i'll take the high road i guess i guess i have to take the middle road oh that sucks manchmal in der nacht fühle ich mich einsam und traurig doch ich weiß nicht was mir fehlt manchmal in der nacht habe ich fantastische träume aber wenn ich aufwach quält mich die angst Manchmal in der Nacht lieg ich im Dunkeln und warte Doch worauf ich warte, ist mir nicht klar Manchmal in der Nacht spür ich die unwiderstehliche Versuchung einer dunklen Gewalt Ich eine Stimme, die mich Befreien. Du willst dich in mir erkennen, was du erträumst, wird Wahrheit sein. Nicht und niemand kann uns trennen, tauch mit mir in die Dunkelheit ein. Zwischen Abgrund und Schein, verbrennen wir die Zweifel und vergessen die Zeit. Ich höre dich ein in meinen Schatten und trag dich wahr. Meine Welt. Totale Finsternis, ich falle und nichts, was mich hält. Manchmal in der Nacht, ich sollte lieber fliehen vor dir, solange ich es noch kann. Sei 
verliere ich fast den Verstand. Totale Finsternis, ein Meer von Gefühl und kein Land. Einmal dachte ich, bricht Liebe den Wahn. Jetzt zerbricht sie gleich deine Welt. Totale Finsternis, wir fallen und nichts, was uns hält. Totale Finsternis, ein Meer von Gefühl und kein Land. Totale Finsternis, ich glaube. Ich lass dich fühlen, was dich unsterblich macht. 